Merry, Merry Christmas. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> welcome to Team I Am On. Uh, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Maybe, Maybe Next Time. I'm your host, William Blue, with my co-host, Simon McCormack. Hello. <laughs> oh, nothing. I don't have anything oh, this damn. time. Sorry. Uh, Nets Nation has been deprived of a national treasure of a greeting. <laughs> thank you. All right. Sorry. Yeah. But thank you for saying uh, Apologies and thanks, both in order. <laughs> Simultaneous thanks. Sorry. Woo! Uh, good start to a great show. Yeah. We are here as we are each and every week to discuss your Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. Um, Simon, quick question for you to get things started. Mm-hmm. Uh, we began this podcast very self-consciously um, discussing a bad basketball team. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say that this we're now podcasting about a good team. Mm-hmm. But are we now podcasting about a kind of good team? I, you know, this is, as you're alluding to, totally uncharted territory for me (laughs) as a Nets fan. So I don't really know how to react. Uh, You know, I'm very wary. I do think that we're definitely going to have some real dips coming up. Uh, You know, I don't think we're going to be playing 500 ball the rest of the way through. I don't think we're going to make the playoffs. I think we're going to go on, you know, two, maybe three you know, long-ish losing streaks. But all of that said, even if we do all of those things, this is still the best Nets team I've ever seen. <laughs> um, and I include even the team, you know, I mean... Even uh, when they had Joe Johnson right. and Brooke so, and Duran. And- so those player, those teams had more talent and performed better in terms of, like, playoff yeah. performance. but. They stunk in a way. That they this were team sadder doesn't. than this. Team. Yes, I I completely agree. They were yeah. they were they were at the exact opposite ends of the spectrum, development spectrum. For those guys, it was all like, ooh, they really have um, gone down mm-hmm. recently. Exactly. These guys are not the superstars we once right. knew and loved. Right. That are going to carry people to greatness. And right. now, with these budding youngsters. Yes. It's just the opposite. They could take us anywhere we want to go. Exactly. And and we have the trajectory of the exact opposite trajectory. Right. Uh, oh, I wanted to bring up something really, really quickly related to this uh, that I just, I don't know if you saw the Brian Lewis story on the bench. Yes. Uh, the bench The bench is real for the Nets. So, so I love this paragraph uh, from Brian Lewis where he says, For perspective, in Atkinson's first game as a head coach two years ago, his bench consisted of <laughs> Joe Harris, Justin Hamilton, Anthony Bennett, Sean Kilpatrick, Chris McCullough, Luis Scola, and Grievous Vasquez and Isaiah Whitehead. And as he quickly notes, everyone but Joe Harris – who has vastly improved from from that year, uh, is not in the league anymore. Yep. That is such an incredible, like, oh yeah, I remember that. Like right. that was really right. bad. And that was not in, <laughs> that was not an age thing either. They did no. not; those guys did not retire. Isaiah Whitehead is maybe twenty three. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anthony Bennett's probably no more than twenty five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kilpatrick's uh, still in his late twenties. Just, Justin Hamilton of the Xinjing. Uh, uh, Dragons <laughs> is definitely not in his 30s no. yet. Yeah, um, exactly. 
So it was just a bad, bad team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so now, uh, you know, we, we when we tell people who are not interested in the Nets, which is virtually everyone that we interact with on a regular basis, um, <laughs> that, that we have a podcast, you know, but it's kind of funny because mm-hmm. it's about a really bad team right. and they suck and right. blah, 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 blah. We can't say that with as straight of a face anymore. Yeah. There's cert- we're certainly not, you know, creating a Golden State Warriors podcast, but... Uh, no. But the team is all right. The team is all right. We're currently in eighth in the East. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you see my shirt? Yeah, very cool, way. Bill. Very cool. Yeah, just gave a shout on Instagram. Posted a shot of me wearing this, saying I'm repping the eighth seed's oh, uh, latest swag. <laughs> and I tagged every player in this. And we've gotten a number of followers um, just from like tagging D'Lo and Spencer oh, and all those guys in it. So great, good, good. It's strategy. part of our yeah. It's part of our sh- social media takeover. We're now we're now like ten followers away from. 100 on Instagram. We should have a, a million followers. Our Instagram truly is the best part of this podcast. Oh, yeah, in my opinion. absolutely. Um, for a purely audio medium, which podcasts are, we're much better <laughs> on a visual platform. Yeah, absolutely. Not because Simon or I are particularly uh, nice to look at, but we do some fun stuff. Yeah, Bill Bill has curated an absolutely wonderful experience on there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we have as always a great deal to talk about uh on our program today. Mm-hmm. Simon, I thought why not start with some stats? Sure. Oh god. <laughs> Don't worry, it's not too many this time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just going to focus on two players. Okay. And one with sort of a head scratcher in it. We're going to start with the head scratcher. Okay. Okay. So, Joe Harris is the first player we're going to talk about. He's got some great numbers, as you probably are aware. Mm -hmm. He is currently second in the NBA in three-point percentage at 49.2%, which is just scorching hot. Scorching hot, yeah. Guess who he is behind. Uh, oh, I I only know this because I I saw it said this it in one of those articles. Seth today. Curry, right? Seth Curry. Yeah, guess Who's what team? For exactly. I was just going to ask. I don't you. know the Blazers. Oh, so huh. right. That's the head scratcher. Seth Curry, not a particularly well known basketball player. Certainly, uh, uh, you know, nowhere near as good as his brother. Uh, but he is having the best shooting year of his life in his first year with the Portland Trailblazers. You may may or may not be aware, Alan Crabb had a really good <laughs> three-point shooting year with yeah. the Portland Trailblazers. Mm-hmm. Do you think for all people, all other franchises that are like, wow, Seth Curry is really good at threes, should they maybe look at Alan Crabb as a case study of what it looks like when you take a, a an irrelevant three-point shooter out of a system where all the guard coverage is being uh, allocated to Lillum and uh, Lillard and McCollum? Lilum. Lilums, uh, I call them. The, the, yeah. Um, I I think they they probably should. That said, what's Seth Curry's contract situation? Because <laughs> that is a tasty, tasty number. Yeah. Uh, well, I think, I cannot imagine it's more than 
at best, it's two years with a team option in the second year. <laughs> he is not a sought-after player. He's a guy that they they replaced Shabazz with mm. um, Seth Curry. How tall is he? About Shabazz's height. Oof. He's about Steph Curry's height, so uh-huh. very undersized, uh-huh. um, which is why he isn't that desirable a player. Got it. Uh, so in addition to Joe Harris's red-hot three-point percentage, he also is fifth overall in effective field goal percentage. Uh, and he, this is actually fairly remarkable because uh, effective field goal percentage is almost entirely – in fact, the top ten is entirely big men. It's all power forwards and centers except for uh, Joe Harris. Wow who is at 64.3% effective field goal percentage. Wow. And his true shooting percentage is seventh in the entire NBA. And of that entire list, there is only one other guard, a guy by the name of Steph Curry. Wow. Who is eighth. So he is behind Joe Harris, and he's the only other guard to crack that. That's unbelievable. Truly. It's unbelievable. I mean, I don't, yeah, I, I wish, I wish there was more to say other than it's unbelievable, but it is, it is unbelievable. <laughs> the guy is shooting really, really, really and, well. In a chunk of time, you know, 40 games is not nothing. It is not nothing. This is a real sample size. You cannot attribute this entirely to being on the Trailblazers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, we don't necessarily have the best spacing in the league. He's probably played a lot of minutes with Rondé Hollis. Jefferson and Ed Davis and players yeah. like that. So uh, whatever you're doing, Joe Harris, keep it up. Um, we have been, you know, high on you at moments, low on you at moments. Now is is almost peak Joe for me. Um, he's definitely <laughs> yeah. top top three if nets now, for me. If now is not peak Joe, Bill, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if you can keep up a, fi- a nearly 50% three-point shooting. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. Peak Joe, big time. You and I poo-pooed that contract. We've been wrong about a lot of things. Ooh. This is one of them. <laughs> that contract is a good. <laughs> that contract is a mighty fine contract. <laughs> Very muy tradable. Yes. Very tradable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, should, yeah, anyway. Uh, anyway, yeah, I don't know. Do you, do, speaking of tradable, do you want to see him get traded? No. I don't, you know, right now, after after that last win and we're on a two-game winning streak, I'm a very, um, you know, I, 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 I ride the roller coaster with this team. And okay. right now I'm like, you know, keep it going. Let right. it ride. Like, right. From three weeks ago, bullet yeah. in the brain, yeah. Yeah, to exactly. now, keep them all, exactly. sign them on. <laughs> Bring the boys back, the exact opposite of what I've been saying oh, yeah. every for, single for, week. Right, for years now. Right. Um, next stat guy we're going to talk about is D'Lo. Okay. And this will be quite brief. He is still in the top 10 for assist percentage. Mm. Dire- he's number 9 directly in front of LeBron James. And I kind of just wanted to mention this because last time, when pressed as to what assist percentage meant, mm-hmm. neither of us knew what it meant. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we know now. You know now. Oh, you don't know? I You told me and I forget. Um, it's just... Of the assists that occur while a player is on the court, mm-hmm. what percent are their assists? I see, I see. I see. So he is at 35.8, so of the assists that happen when Delo's on the court, 35.8 are his. Got it. Which is pretty high, and the guys on the list are pretty good, as evidenced by him being just slightly above LeBron James. Yeah. 
So uh, another thing I was just going to quickly say on this uh, or, or related to this is, like, we had been talking about, uh, you know, what can D'Angelo do when his shot isn't falling, and we've talked about getting to the free throw line, and we talked about assists and rebounds. Um, after the last two games, you know, and it's a very, you know, it's just two games, but I think that I think that the best hope for him to be consistently good, even when his shot isn't falling, is being an assist guy who just like, oh, my shot isn't falling. I'm going to make sure that I get other players involved and really focus on on distributing the ball this game. Well, uh, in the post-game interviews, apparently Kenny Atkinson said, like, D'Lo tonight showed why he is an elite passer. He did things that, like, only LeBron James yeah. could do or something along yeah. those lines, which is extremely high praise from Kenny, a guy who does praise players like Karras, like Dinwiddie, um, like Ed Davis, like Jared Allen, doesn't often um, praise publicly praise D'Angelo, mm. and I feel like that that was a that was a big big moment, mm-hmm. and I think they they're liking what they're seeing, and yeah, if if D'Angelo can can get the assists up, I mean they're over six right now, but if they get over eight or nine, it's going to be hard not to uh, bring them back into the fold. Yeah. So, speaking of bringing him back in the fold, did you hear anything about Delo's cryptic tweet? Control what you can control. Control what you can control 2019 to 20 to 21 ellipsis. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I'm, I'm willing to just let that sink in for our listeners at home who may not have heard that cryptic tweet before. I think, can I tell you what I think that meant? Sure, because I, I, I don't really know what it means. I think, and this is based on just my own, you know, intuition, uh, I think that he is talking, it's like a New Year's resolution, basically, and saying, like, his New Year's resolution for 2019, 2020, 2021, and on and on and on will be control what you can control. Uh, and, and that's what he said with regard to, like, his contract situation, uh, and, you know, when people have asked him about, you know, comments that Magic Johnson have made or whatever, he's just said, you know, all I can do is do, you know, control what I can control. Okay. What do you think? I really don't know. I mean, those three years are odd mm. um, to choose because that's sort of like when the contract would mm. be for. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I, 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 I really don't. It is, it is cryptic <laughs> for sure and uh, and I don't know how to read it. It came out the third too so it wasn't like a Jan one, yeah, here's yeah, my resolution true. it doesn't fit neatly into that right? Um, captivatingly mm. so anyway move on? Sure <laughs> um, we're going to talk about some winter themed things in a moment. That's right do you have anything prepared for that? Yes. Great. Did you ever listen to the Woj interview of Spencer Dinwiddie? I did. Good. Because I, did, I, I think it I think it warrants listening to. Okay. Uh, what are some of your takeaways? I got some quotes that I wrote down, but I'd love to hear your comments. Um, I didn't really find much to to really take away from. I I found it. Honestly, one of the more interesting things I learned was about the the shoe process for players who don't have 
have their own like shoe. Yeah, I've got, I've got four get... bullet points here on the shoe. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> why, why don't you take it away? Because I, I wasn't terribly. But th- I mean, I wouldn't say that these are uh, <laughs> particularly interesting bullet points. My first one, for instance, is Spencer's shoe stuff. Mm. Uh, next one, no marquee brand wanted to sign him on. So when he. I think for most players that are just in the NBA, it sounds like you get signed on and you get a certain amount, dollar amount, of essentially gear you get from mm-hmm. from that brand. So you can use it for shoes, you can use it for sweatpants, you can use it for hoodies, mm-hmm. and you and your family can get it. And right. so once he fell to the G League, what the fuck is wrong with that dog? Uh, what? Yeah, just go finish your ear over there, buddy. Um, Once he... That is odd. (laughs) Once he fell down to the G League and got back to the NBA, brands were less than enthusiastic about signing him on. So in the classic Spencer way, he started his own shoe thing. And he now designs shoes for each game. Custom-designed shoes for each game. There's an artist who who realizes his vision, but Mm -hmm. he is part of the creative process of coming up with what shoe should be representative of each game. Mm -hmm. Right? Is that more or less? Yes, totally. Uh, what 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 were you interested in about? Oh, about I just had no thing? idea that you get like an allowance, basically, and you you go on a site and you like get your gear or whatever. Like I just assumed like players showed up and like there was some clothing. You know, I, I guess I just didn't know how that worked, but that's right. interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would love, uh, you know, if that, they did a similar thing for podcasters. Because, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, you know, yeah. my, my growing shoe. Uh, yes, yes. Shoe obsession. My God. I Yeah. I shudder to think what would happen if you had a shoe allowance on top of your. <laughs> uh, so some, here's some quotes, okay, okay. That, that I want you to react to. Sure, sure. He said, even though I'm not one of the chosen ones, in my heart of hearts, I believe I was a lottery pick. Mm -hmm. I was supposed to be. Now, to me, when he says chosen ones, with sort of like a bitter eye roll, to me, that's code for D'Angelo Russell. (laughs) You read everything, though, as as code for I hate D'Angelo Russell. But he is one of the chosen ones, because here's another quote, right? His second year, he went. He went. Uh, wanted to go into camp and show that he was the best. Play, quote the best player there. He said, "Quote obviously, D'Lo and Jalen would start because that's the NBA. But I wanted to show I was the best guy there. So because D'Lo and Jeremy Lin are the chosen ones, mm. they're the ones who have more fans, who are, uh, you know, have a higher draft pedigree or whatever it, circumstance might elevate them to the chosen one. They automatically become the starters because he's implying the NBA is not a meritocracy. But he is still the best one there. But because it's the NBA and because it doesn't work in a meritocratic manner, he is left out of things like the starting lineup. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I don't know that I would necessarily say that he's completely saying that those two didn't deserve to start, but just that they just that weren't the best players the, there. Th- that, but that he wanted to prove that he was the one who should start, even though you know, based on him coming from the G League and and not having a track record of success, unlike Jeremy Lin or D'Angelo Russell, uh, you know that he wanted to to show that he was the best. He was the best player. I mean, I, I do think that there is something to be said for the fact that what Spencer Dinwiddie is vocalizing and is honest about is what virtually every player. Like, I think Kenneth Fareed probably thinks he's the best player on the Nets. Oh, yeah. Like, it, virtually every NBA player, elite NBA, or, you know, yeah, if you're in the NBA, you, you probably have an incredibly inflated sense of how good you are. And, yep. you know, so... So I, I just think that he's a little bit more honest about that than other people, but it doesn't mean that he's not arrogant or wrong, but I, I, I don't find it as totally like, you know, I don't, I'm not like blown away. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not blown away, but I think that, I think, I think the implication of lines like that is mm. that the NBA functions in such a way that certain guys just get certain things mm. given to them because of whatever circumstances that led them to get there. High draft, or uh, you, you have some star power because you were lit insanity for a while. Something happened, and then that becomes what happens. But the, the best players can still be guys that come off the bench because the NBA doesn't function in a way where the the cream rises to the top, necessarily. I see. Mm-hmm. I mean, could be wrong. Could be wrong. Yeah. Um, what did you think about... Uh, what did you think about his comments uh, regarding him and Kenny Atkinson's relationship? Oh. Uh, it sounds like... He, but, so, it's not... One, two things. One is, yes, it sounds like he's probably an irritating guy. I know that Zach Lowe had a, a thing in one of his stories that he was a yappy know-it-all when he came into the league. Um, I imagine he's still somewhat of a yappy know-it-all. <laughs> um... That said, I just can't really imagine, again, with all, as we've talked about with all, like, Nets players that have, like, negative attributes that don't just, like, purely work, 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 and shut up and, like, perform, which is, like, a a coach's ideal or, like, sort of, like, in some ways a fan's ideal. Like, you don't cause any drama, don't do any, you know, whatever, and just, like, be an amazing player. Right. A Kawhi Leonard. A Kawhi Leonard, right. Although he uh, caused a tremendous amount of drama. Yeah, right, exactly. Tim Duncan. Yeah, so Tim Duncan would be a much better. You lead by example, and you're just this elite player for year after year after year. Um, But uh, I, I I think in terms of, like, the, the way the NBA actually works, like I still think that Spencer and every player on on the Nets, no matter how bad or good their relationship is with Kenny, is probably just a dream to coach. And I imagine, compared to other coaches with much higher pedigree, if you're coach like say a Phil Jackson or mm-hmm. or something Popovich. like that, Popovich, like you are, oof, you're very happy to be under Kenny Atkinson. Yeah. Like, Kenny Atkinson is probably a far warmer, even in his like most 
vociferous, angry, scowly times right. than, he, than many other coaches. I feel like I feel like Kenny Atkinson takes it out on himself on the treadmill <laughs> from about two thirty a.m. until six a.m. every day, and and doesn't take it out as much on the players. You know, like yeah. like there's there's these yeah. um, reports about how the new Bulls coach uh, Jim Boylan mm-hmm. uh, like. Tried to hold practice the day right. after back to back, and like is making them run suicides. Right. I could see Kenny like in lieu of making them run suicides, <laughs> he's just running suicides, and it's just like becoming grayer and gray. the players are like growing concerned. Like Kenny, <laughs> I know we were bad, but you don't have to do this to yourself. I, Kenny. I, I think that is exactly right, Bill. I think that is exactly right. Yeah, no, he's he's obviously a masochistic guy. Uh, he doesn't seem to have that sadistic thing, which I always graded me. About coaches in high school, mm-hmm. um, of like this power trip where they are going to just uh, try to enforce their will on on these guys, which is horrible to try to do in the NBA because these guys are more talented than anyone on the planet. Very hard to get people that talented and are richer than God, so right. don't have to listen to. And you're Jim Boylan, and you're Jim Boylan, <laughs> who is going to be a head coach in the NBA for about four more months right. at best, right? Um, yeah, I again I, we've talked about the Woj interviews. The guy is a great newsbreaker. He is not a hard-hitting or no. particularly compelling interviewer. No. That is completely right. Uh, so we've kind of talked about this already, but not on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Stefan Bondi suggests Nets may make a move for Kristaps. Porzingis. Yes. Um, I have been for a while thinking about how absolutely captivating that move would be. Mm-hmm. Uh, what What are your thoughts? Well, I think I think that um, I think the most likely thing that will happen is he will sign a max extension. I think that the Knicks, for all of their dysfunction, will not fuck that up and will just give him that. I think the second most likely outcome is they will try to sign him to an, a, a max extension, but that has um, you know certain carve-outs for if you miss time for a certain injury, then you don't get you know X amount of money. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he will go out and get some team to give him a contract that, that doesn't have that, and the Knicks will say, okay, fine. And, right. they'll, and they will match it. And they'll match it. You think they'll match anything that, that gets their item? Yes. But I think it's fun to think about. And I know you've got, uh, you have some no, more tantalizing thoughts. No, I don't really. I be, Mostly because I don't fully, like, it is an incredibly um, Byzantine path to him being in any way meaningfully available to anyone. Yeah. Um, so to, like, walk down all of those things is not that uh, captivating. But I I have gotten the sense uh, over the last two years that something is not right with that relationship, mm. and that Kristaps doesn't is not a big fan of the Knicks as an organization, um, and that was certainly the case when Phil Jackson was there, and they had sort of known beef. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think. Has continued, including under Fisdale, when Fisdale says he can't sprint, and then he posted, 
a video of himself sprinting. And there's just sort of a disconnect. I think he feels like he's being used a little bit this year because I think he probably wants to come back, but I think that they don't want to bring him back hmm. um, this season because I don't think they want him to. I don't think they want to win games, and I don't think they want to risk him not being great and people being like oh well why would a free agent want to go play with him or something like that so i think it's been their plan more or less from the beginning of the season not to bring him back and Mm -hmm. i think that has rubbed him the wrong way so i think that definitely from from his perspective he's not thrilled with the knicks organization and i think that is a result of him getting a realistic sense that they're not as head over heels as they should be about a seven foot three guy who can shoot threes and do everything you want from a a modern basketball player. Mm -hmm. Um, That could be wishful thinking why they would let him get away. Like that is one organization I could see who could fuck something like this up and be like, hey, we don't need him. We're going to get we're going to get Kyrie and Durant and we don't even need to think about um, Chris Stops. I just think that with the Knicks, there's so much uncertainty and it's so poorly run that they there's a not, you know, more than a, say, 10 percent chance that they could fuck it up and let Przingis go for virtually nothing. Hmm. But that could be completely wishful thinking, and I and and you know I'm not like someone who thinks that the Nets have a good chance of landing a big free agent. But if Sean Marks like has his eye on him and will throw the biggest thing he could possibly throw at him if the opportunity arises, um, I think we'd have a, a chance. Yeah, I, I, you know, I I, I I would say it's higher than zero percent. Um, I I I think that the clearest path. To something like that happening has to be. I actually. So I. I don't think the Knicks would not um, match anything. I, I think they would match anything unless unless Porzingis says I really do not want to play with this team uh-huh. and I really want to be traded. I. You know. I don't know if he would. I doubt he would go as far as just signing the qualifying offer. I really don't see that happening. But. Even if he said, look, if you match me, I'll play for you, but I really don't want to play for you. I don't like the way this organization is run. I don't like James Dolan. Uh, I think that that could then have them say, well, fuck you. Because James Dolan is a very small man. Uh, uh, Robert Sarver, uh, another horrible owner, um, did the same thing with Joe Johnson, where one, where, like, Joe Johnson um, went out and signed... Uh, an offer sheet, a max contract offer sheet with the Hawks, and then Joe Johnson went back and you know after after Robert Sarver basically like hemmed and hawed about you know I don't know seemed to show a little bit of wavering. Joe Johnson was like, you know what, don't sign it. I don't want you to sign it. I want to play for the Hawks. And so then that gave Robert Sarver cover, and Robert Sarver was like, oh well. If he doesn't want to play for us, then we aren't going to, you know, plunk down the money. Right. So that, that I think, is he has to put up – I think Porzingis has to put up a stink for, for something like that to happen. Um, sorry. I'm getting this uh, thing here. Um, so <laughs> – But it's super interesting. It's yes. super, super interesting. And it, and it is like – sorry, just one more quick thing. You know, every year almost, except last year, we – uh, in, in the 
Mark's era, we, we've signed a uh, a uh, player to like huge a huge uh, restricted free agent contract. Yeah, this one would actually be someone that deserves a. a I mean, the closest. Yes, yeah, so, we've ever ab- had. Absolutely. That. So, so that's sort of exciting. If we, yeah, no, he he is in absolutely a totally a different category than an Otto Porter, than a. Um, Alan Crabb. The Alan Crabb, but uh, who's the horrible guy on... Um, Tyler Johnson. Tyler Johnson. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, anyway, that to me is the potentially most exciting off-season thing that could happen for the Nets. Mm. Other than the draft, which I'm also extremely excited about. Mm-hmm. Um, All-Star voting has begun. Have yes. you voted? No. Are you going to vote? I should vote, yeah. I feel like this is exactly like real voting. Uh, yeah, I will <laughs> I will vote. I will vote. I don't want to give the liberals the satisfaction. No, uh, I will. <laughs> That's going to sound weird. Oh, I You're am, not a, am a not conservative. A Trump, uh, yeah, I'm not a Trumper, nor a conservative. Anyway, yeah, I will vote. Okay. <laughs> you can vote early, you can vote often. That's the wonderful thing about this thing, and that's why Zsa Zsa Pachulia can get so many votes they have to change the rules. Um, I have voted <laughs> thus far two times for D'Angelo Russell. Oh, all right. Uh, and I intend to do it at least two more times. Hmm. Do you know, Bill, what do you think? Did you see that Anthony Puccio uh, article saying that Jared Allen... Kurutz and Joe Harris should be at All Star Weekend yes. doing the th- yeah three point challenge for Joe Harris and the rookie and sophomore USA versus the world game. Do you agree with that? Uh, one hundred percent. Me too, Bill. Wow. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, Jarrett got snubbed in the Rising Stars last year. He shan't be again. I agree. And yeah, the world, of course, of course, uh, Rody deserves a spot. He is this. He is the second best rookie. Uh, from a foreign country, uh, I'd say Musha's the third best <laughs> on very, very little evidence. Mm-hmm. But um, maybe, who the hell but knows? maybe, right? Um, anyway, yeah, I think I think it'd be great. I, I don't think Joe Harris is going to get into three point competition, just like I don't think Seth Curry's going to get in it. Just like I don't think a lot of you know, there he's just not a big enough guy to That's get a it. Shame, man. I, it would be great. It is a good story, as he said in the piece. Uh, he's a guy who who is about to get washed from the league and has made it back, and that is what the people want. Yeah. Uh, winter theme. Yeah. You ready? Let's do it. Let's okay, do it. Okay, so Simon suggested we do a segment on winter theme. Yeah. Do you want to explain the segment? Yeah, uh, I just thought we'd do it. We'd do something on uh, all things winter, and uh, you know, throw some nets analogies and whatnot out there. Right. Okay. So I have basically one question. What do you, What do you got? Uh, I I can do as many as two. Okay. So why don't you go? Then I'll go. Then you go. Great. Okay. William. Yes, indeed. Match two nets players to a. Winter themed cocktail. 
a winter theme. But not even theme, but you know, like a like a not to you can use this one, but like a hot toddy. It doesn't have okay. to be like something. Well, I was ju- yeah. Th- I mean, I don't have an exhaustive list of winter cocktails, <laughs> so I am going to do a hot toddy. All right. But guess what the hot toddy is going to be, mm. Simon? A hot roddy. Uh- Oh, As in a Bill, that's Kudos. great. That's really good. A hot rod. Yes, and instead of bourbon, I am going to use whatever the national liquor of Latvia is mm. to make it authentically roddy. Mm. So hot roddy is going to be my first one. And great. my second one is going to be a mold wine. Okay. It's like a hot wine with some Yeah, yeah, some I know a mold spices. wine. I love a mold wine, honestly. Uh, and that is going to be... Really no rhymes are coming to mind right now. Uh-huh. Um, it's going to be... Uh, um, Spencer Dinwiddie. Yes, yes, that's what I would have picked. Go ahead. Really? Sp- Spencer Moldwindity. Oh well, no, that's not why. I was gonna do it because no, why? Why would you have done it? Oh well, it's your it's your question. No, no, okay. I, I, because you, he you're, whines. You're chomping at the bit. Because he whines. Oh, because he whines. That's perfect. Yeah. Yes. All right. Good teamwork. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I've got one for you. Okay. That's very very similar. Mm. Also in the vein of winter. Mm. Um, in the winter, Simon, as you may or may not be aware. Yes. There's ice because it's cold. Yes. Um, guess what popsicles are made of? Ice. Yeah. Good, good, good. That's my question. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to read the names of four Nets players, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I want you to tell me, this is going to be rapid fire, what flavor popsicle they are. Ooh, I love rapid fire. Great. All right. This is great. First one, Jared Dudley. Ooh. Um, blue. Blue flavor, yeah, like a blue raspberry. Yeah, yeah. well, no, no, like, yeah, they have this sickly blue. If you, you, you know those those like Otter Pop things. Mm-hmm. The blue is always my least favorite. I don't exactly know what flavor they're going for with that. Okay, so like a Jared Dudley Pop. Yeah. All right, Rodian Kuruts. Ooh, uh, I'm gonna say lime. Yeah, because he's jazzy, fresh. Yeah, yeah. Zippy. He's a citrus. He's a citrus. <laughs> yeah. Um, animal. Oh. Kenneth Fareed. Uh, right. Um, orange. Oh, come on. You got to go green. 420 friendly. Oh, good. Well, I already used up my stupid lime. Oh, well, yeah, but you could do a green apple. Okay. Green yeah, apple. man. Sure, green apple. Uh, <laughs> final one, Alan Crab. Ooh, Alan Crab. Uh, oh, man. You know, I'm going to say purple because... Purple, I always think purple is going to be... I'm never upset when I get one of those purple ones, but it's never as good. It's not, It's like a totally way lower tier than like a strawberry sure. or or like... A, I really like orange. Yeah. I really like orange in the popsicle world. Um and it's it's much worse than those two, but I always kind of forget that it's that it's not. Anyway, Alan Crab's always... You know what's always, bad? Yeah. A yellow when it's not citrus, but it's like a banana. banana? Oh, do not have to tell me that, Bill. I completely agree. God, that is a nightmare. I know when I get completely. You never. Sometimes you don't really know. Sometimes you don't no. really know because it's just a clear. No, and it's a new brand, it. and yeah, it's got generic yeah. wrapping, and it's not going to tell you it's banana. Yeah. You're going in for a tart lick, and you get 
<laughs> whatever the hell banana tastes like in popsicle form. Not yeah, good. Not good. Um, all right, what's your second okay, one? Okay, Bill, this is kind of a hard one, honestly. Oh, good. good but, good. Uh, but if you could compare just one net. Let's do one net. Match a net to a type of winter coat. T- match one net to a tie, and I assume after I match, you'll match one to a winter. I coat? can try. I don't have anything. Okay. Um. So, mine's gonna be a parka. Ooh. Okay. okay. But instead, it's gonna be called a Sean Marka. <laughs> <laughs> Really into rhyming these things. <laughs> it's gonna be really sagacious, and uh, it's gonna be a good wheeler and dealer. And okay. he's gonna be able to turn what was a really cold human body mm. into a you know tepid one. Right. Right. Yeah. Not enjoying yourself outside, right. but you're not dead. But you're not dead anymore <laughs> because you're covered in right. a Sean Marka. Right. Absolutely. Which rhymes with a winter coat. <laughs> Ish. Yeah. Although Parka's not necessarily a winter coat. No. But it's like a rain. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah. not particularly warm either. But it's totally fine. Uh what totally do you got? Good. Uh I don't know. I would just say like a a a, a sable coat. That uh, Damari Carroll would wear, which I don't condone. Right, oh, but Sable is is sort of like a, a rodeo or. A, oh yeah, you're yeah. right. I'm sorry. Yeah, because Sable is what. Sable is what Mosgov love. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. You're right. That should be rodeo. Well, anyway, you're completely right. Okay. <laughs> I don't know that there was a right or wrong answer. Well, to that. Yeah, I don't know. I I, th- I think you clean that one up. Um, all right. Well, before we leave, uh, we got to say goodbye to Alan Big Sauce Williams. Yeah. He is headed to China. I'm furious about it. He didn't get a single minute. I know. As an actual net. It's a shame. He was destroying the G League. Ah, he has a ton of potential, but you know what? I think he's going to do wonderfully, and he's also going to get paid millions of dollars to go do that. So Yes, he seems like him. a wonderful guy. He Well, yeah. Yep, I agree. He was a very enthusiastic guy off right. the bench. That is entirely what I'm basing it on. He seems genuinely happy for other players. Um, I think we'll save the getting into Barkley's tirade for next that episode. That seems reasonable. I'm, think, I'm drained. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> After that Sean Marka, I don't think I have anything left to give. <laughs> no, that's a good That's a good call. Uh, where can people find us? Where can people rate us? Got to go to iTunes for those five-star reviews. Give us five, five, five. If you have to, give us four, four, four. Uh, also, rate us on... <laughs> if you can't in good conscience, if, 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 give us a five. If you just really feel like that would be selling yourself, uh, you know, short or whatever. Uh, that's not what I mean. But whatever. Anyway, give it five or four. Um, uh, Stitcher. Um, uh Yes. Uh, what's the other one? Spotify. Spotify. Stitcher. Uh, Stitcher. PM. Yeah. Uh, Any way you get your podcast, we're probably on there. And uh, audio boom boom. Audio boom boom. Audio boom boom. <laughs> and, Come down to the audio boom boom. <laughs> and check us out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, at uh, maybe next time and send us your questions, comments, feelings, thoughts. We need some mailbags, don't we? We do need some mailbags. Please, please send us your questions. <laughs> maybe next time. Put a bullet in my God, brain. I need those questions. Maybe next time at Gmail. 
Com. All right. Thank you for listening. It was wonderful being here. Great yeah. seeing you, Sam. Can't wait to be all going with you shortly. And we will uh, see ya next time. <laughs> I was tired of my lady. We'd been together too long. Like a worn out recording of a favorite song. So while she lay there sleeping, the paper in bed and in the personal columns there was this letter I read if you like pina colada